News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You got to ask them about that lifetime powertrain warranty, the no-fear warranty on new and used vehicles. Tell them Mark sent you. Welcome on into the show on this Saturday, uh, November 19th. Thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. Live and local here at our KHMO studios in Quincy, Illinois. Frigid uh, morning here in Quincy. Uh, Hopefully maybe a little bit better wherever you're listening. Probably not. It's just kind of cold all across the country right now. Um, Now we know certainly dealing with Buffalo and uh, and, uh, and that game getting moved. We'll talk about that and uh, the, the implications of that move here a little bit later on in the show. Uh, thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. Uh, big, big show today. A lot to get to. Um, we have, of course, a full 11, uh, week 11 breakdown in the NFL. I do want to start, though, by giving a shout-out locally here. Uh, the Hannibal Pirates football season, it came to an end last night against West Plains. They had to travel all the way down. Uh, 29-14 loss. Shout-out to the Pirates. It was uh, fun to follow the season this year. Terrific team, two deep playoff runs in a row, back-to-back years for this Pirates team. Aeneas Williams, what a stud. That kid's got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, but a, a, but a, a little bit of a, a somber note here across the Tri-States as the Pirates fell last night uh, down in West Plains, Missouri. All right, lots to get to. As always, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. You can follow me there. Uh, if you're listening on the airwaves right now on KHMO, that's awesome. Uh, if you want to follow along on the show and reach out to me, uh, you can hit me up at Twitter and Instagram, as I said. Or if you're listening on the app or the airwaves, check out our Facebook page, and you can follow along on the Facebook Live as well. Just search on the mark, all one word, on the mark, K H M O, on Facebook, and you'll find it there. Follow along and uh, check out uh, the uh, where I post the podcast, uh, where I do the Facebook lives and post things throughout the week as well. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's jump into it. We got to talk Thursday night football. The end of the Packers season. It's Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. That's right. I do believe it is the end of the Packers season as far as any sort of legitimacy in uh, in you know Super Bowl deep playoff run. All of that I think is pretty out the window at this point in time. The Packers fall to four and seven after that twenty seven seventeen home loss to a beat up injured Titans team, missing four of their starters. And uh, and they got just out physicalized, out coached, uh, out prepared. It looked like and had honestly not nearly as much energy and 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 uh, fight as the Titans did in a in a game that was a, a really really important to Green Bay season. 
And a Titans team, which we'll talk about in a minute, is absolutely red hot right now and a great regular season football team. So what do I mean the Packers season is dead? Well, what's next for the Green Bay Packers? That's the question, right? That's the headline. If you're in Green Bay this morning, you woke up in Milwaukee Friday morning after that Thursday morning loss, you're looking around and you're and you're probably seeing, you know, the Milwaukee Gazette, the Green Bay Wig. What's next for the Green Bay Packers? Well, immediately what's next? A little bit of a mini buy. That's a positive, right? A little mini mini buy week. All right. Maybe take some time, get some guys healthy, get you know, try to maybe fix some things that went wrong in that loss to the Titans, right? Well, then after the mini buy, next Sunday, they're at Philadelphia, then they're at Chicago, then they have their actual bye week, and then it's home against the Rams at Miami, home against Minnesota at Detroit. So the Packers are 4-7. and seven. Do the math. you got to get to probably 9-10 wins to make the playoffs in the NFC, right? NFC East looking very strong, a lot of good records. The divisional winners, the division is out. You're not going to catch Minnesota to win the division at this point in time. So you got to sneak into a wild card. You'd probably have to get nine. Ten would secure it. So for the Packers, six games remaining, you're talking about going five and one or six and oh in that stretch. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Really tough games in Philly against Minnesota at Miami. All three of those really, really tough games for a Green Bay team that doesn't run the ball effectively. Their wide receivers and their quarterback do not look on the same page, even with the emergence of Watson kind of coming out as an over-the-top threat. Seems as right now that's kind of what he's good at. I don't, you know, he's they haven't got him. It's not like he's getting 10 catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. It's a couple big plays, which is good, but he's not Devontae Adams. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not exploding on the scene like the Packers need, which is just kind of that workhorse, get first downs, reliable uh, weapon for Aaron Rodgers right now. Aaron looked off. And so you got at Eagles, at Miami, home against Minnesota. So if one of those is your losses, fine, right? You got to get to five wins. Say you beat the Eagles after the mini by. You lose in Miami, tough place to play, but you can beat the Vikings at home. You still then would have to go undefeated at Chicago, feisty Chicago that has an identity that you've already beaten once this year and the teams are very different than they were at the beginning of the season. That's going to be a really competitive game. You have to take on Detroit, who's already beat you this year, and... You have to play a Rams team that's just as desperate for you as you are to figure out their season. Uh, you know, it, it's really, really tough sledding for the Packers. Even if they had beaten the Titans, they're a really tough schedule. They would have still had to find a way to go five and one, or maybe four and two down the stretch just to get to that nine win mark. So the Packers have put themselves in a really big hole. That's why I say, and the headline is the immediate future what is what's next for green bay well the season's over you're not making the playoffs if you do make the playoffs it would be as a a very low seed you'd have an opportunity who wouldn't trust aaron Rodgers? maybe on the road against a uh uh you know a divisional winner in a tampa or uh you know you know 
at Seattle if they win the division. Maybe they have a chance to steal an upset win. But as far as this season goes, it's been a disaster. When you pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million and you bring him back, the expectations are you're competing for a Super Bowl. This Packers team is not competing for a Super Bowl. They look terrible at home in a must-win situation. Bad coaching decisions, undisciplined, sloppy route running, uh, a quarterback who looks uninterested in, in in fixing anything and more interested in kind of being aloof, yelling a little bit, and, and shifting blame. Two-time back-to-back MVP. Kind of falling off the map. So you're, I've already heard this, right? I've already heard this in uh, in the short, you know, 24-hour period. Packers lose Thursday night, and all day yesterday and into this morning, I'm hearing things from Packers fans on Twitter, from the national media saying, well, should they get a look at Jordan Love? Uh, that th- To me, that's a non-starter. Absolutely not. Absolutely, you do not get a look at Jordan Love. You don't do it. Because Jordan Love right now is still somewhat an asset. Jordan Love with these young receivers, this bad offensive line, and uninspiring coaching and bad bad play calling is going to look even worse. And and you already know, if you're the Packers organization, what Jordan Love is. He's not good enough. And that's why you signed Aaron Rodgers to a $50 million a year deal. So you already know what Jordan Love is. There's no point in playing Jordan Love. Stashing Jordan Love and just kind of hiding him and maybe being able to trade him for a second or third round pick for a team that's quarterback needy, that's worth something, you know, going the offseason. Or the other part of the what is next for the Green Bay Packers is do you move on from Aaron Rodgers at the end of this year? Do you give Aaron Rodgers the green light, seek a trade, find find a partner that works? I think there are a couple places that Aaron Rodgers works if you trade him in the offseason. I mean, the Packers need a reset. Nothing looks right. The coach and the quarterback don't seem to be getting along. The offense is all out of whack, all out of sorts. Aaron Rodgers, it just doesn't seem as though he's willing right now to help build this thing, and that's what the Packers need. Aaron seems like he's at that Tom Brady point where it's like, just put me on a roster that's ready to win, and I can go win. And this Packers roster could have been something special, I think, if Aaron Rodgers had spent the time and really put the energy in to helping build it. There are some young pieces we all like, two really good running backs. Defensively, they're not what they were the past couple years. But Aaron wasn't willing and doesn't seem still willing to put in the work right now to help get the roster in a transition year to be really good next year. It seems like Aaron is probably going to want out. He's talked retirement. He's talked trades before. So this is all hypothetical, but I do think there are five places that make some sense for Aaron Rodgers, and I think they could find a way to absorb the contract, make it work, and they could be a willing trade partner with Green Bay. The Colts, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the uh, the Saints, and the Commanders. I think all of them make sense. All of those teams uh, have rosters that you could arrow pointing up. The Raiders are the worst of it, but they have Devontae Adams, so he'd feel comfortable there. Washington's got Scary Terry and a solid offensive line, a nice running back in Robinson. 
New Orleans, yeah, they seem bad, but remember, when all healthy, Chris Olave and uh, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry. I mean, they have some real weapons in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara, Aaron would sign up for that. Seattle, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, a really good young offensive line, a great young running back. They have the ability, the picks, the, the cap space to take on Aaron Rodgers for a two-year run. And the Colts, obviously a little bit of a cap mess, but they have Jonathan Taylor. They have Michael Pittman. They have some picks. They didn't, you know, the gain picks from Washington in the Carson Wentz deal. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. If you're waking up as a Packer fan this morning and you're in Green Bay and you're in Wisconsin or the Packers fans across the country, you have to ask yourself, What's next for the Green Bay Packers? My immediate response is, well, this season is done. They're not making the playoffs. If they squeak into the playoffs, they will be one of the hottest teams in the league because they'll have had to win five of six or six and oh. And and then, of course, no one would want to play Aaron Rodgers. That's a huge if. I'm not willing to risk it and go that way, especially from what I've seen from this Packers team. And in the what's next to the Green Bay Packers going to this year, I don't think there's the answer starting Jordan Love. And I definitely think that trading Aaron Rodgers has to be on the table. I mean, they are leaderless. They're rudderless. They looked uninspired. And that leads me to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans on Thursday Night Football looked well-coached, well-prepared, with a really solid game plan, Missing starters, they came in there like, all right, we know what we need to do to beat Green Bay. And they look fired up, they look energized, they look pumped to be there. The Tennessee Titans are a good to great regular season team. Notice I said regular season. How do I feel about the Titans? The Titans, I feel a lot like I do the Vikings. I They can win a ton of games. But I got to see it in the playoffs actually happen. I got to see them in an AFC championship game, the Vikings in an NFC championship game to actually judge what it could look like. I, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill and this, and the lack of weapons on the outside can get the Vikings. I mean, the Titans to that place, but they have an incredible running back and a, and a feisty defense that can get after the quarterback when they need to. And they have a great head coach. So the, the Titans are, are for real. The AFC South, in my opinion, is very much the Titans to lose at this point in time. It would take a miracle, I think, for the Colts uh, to go on a, an incredible run and for the Titans to lose it. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. When we come back, we will go full Week 11 NFL breakdown including my upset, my lock, and my toss-up of the week. Oh, and I just might be the hottest gambler in the Tri-States. 4-0 over the last two weeks with my picks. You're welcome. I don't give them out if I don't bet them myself. Let's all make some money. Feel, I feel good. That's not, I know, I know. I don't feel good as good this week as I did last week. Uh, but I think there's some money to be made. We'll get into that all next. We're live and local on News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. It's on the mark. First, we decide. Oh, and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cutis Honda Hyundai. You got to stop in the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. They got a ton of new inventory on the lot. 
And because they get new inventory, that means they're taking a, gro- a, a lot of great late model trades, uh, tons of new and used inventory. And uh, tell them Mark sent you when you stop by the dealership today, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right. Uh, we have uh, made it through to uh, our Hespin headline number two. And of course, we got a lot of games to break down, so let's jump into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, week 11 in the NFL is upon us. We have made it to week 11, and um, I got to be honest, not, the, the slate is, I think it's a great slate of games. The The numbers are tough. I am 4-0 in my last uh, four picks for you in the last two weeks. Feel good about that. Trying to make you money. Trying to make me money. And uh, and so uh, let's let's jump into it. Uh, let's get it going with the uh, with the noon slate on Sunday. Bears. We'll start with my Bears at the Falcons. Uh, Falcons minus three at home. Listen, I think this is one of those games where both teams really struggle defensively. Both teams uh, have moments where they could put up a ton of points, but I trust the Bears offense right now more than I do the Falcons. Now, I I don't trust the Bears defense at all, and the Bears have not been great on the road as far as winning games. But I like the Bears in an upset here. I think the Bears keep it going. They keep rushing the ball. You have no Khalil Herbert this week. I think Justin Fields um takes on a little bit extra of the load. Ebner will get a ton of carries. Uh, David Montgomery's been a little beat up as well, but I think the Bears will stick to running the football. The Falcons, uh, young corners, I think the Bears could take advantage of that. I think Claypool finally has his breakout game as a Bears receiver. And I think, shockingly enough, I think the Bears defense have enough teeth to get at Marcus Mariota just enough, just enough to win the game. I think it's close. Uh, it is obviously, uh, you know, Falcons favored by three. I think the Bears win some something along the lines of 27-24 uh, on a late drive and a field goal. The Bears finally fix their kind of fourth quarter woes and actually put together a drive uh, to score uh, and win the game. I like the Bears to take care of the Falcons in Atlanta. Cleveland at Buffalo in Detroit. Now, I know a lot of people very upset about the whole idea of missing out on a six-foot snow game. Trust me, I'm with you. I think that'd be really cool to watch. Um, but unfortunately, there's just no way to put that game on safely in upstate New York right now to let people get to and from the stadium. It's just too dangerous. Now, if they would have done something like no fans, just the game, that would have been awesome. But again, I don't think that is fair to Buffalo or, or Cleveland at that point as well. I'm talking about historic torrential six feet of of lake effects no uh the game is in detroit i think that favors buffalo because buffalo's offense uh in the dome i think is just much much better than cleveland's offense uh buffalo can they stop nick chubb if you can hold nick chubb to under 100 yards i think buffalo's defense will do a good job of keeping uh, cleveland off the field cleveland has really kind of fallen apart i think they've maxed out everything they can be with Jacoby Brissett and this roster. Uh, Buffalo's coming in a little angry. I think Buffalo uh, stops the skid, gets back on the winning ways. Now they're favored by eight. Does Cleveland score late to maybe cover the eight? That's a lot of points. If I had to choose, I would lean I would lean Buffalo can cover. Uh, I guess I would go something along the lines of 30-21. 
uh, the, the Buffalo Bills take care of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half at Indy. This is an interesting game. You know, Philly's coming off a, a Monday night football loss. The undefeated season is over. I think that there is some relief to that, but I also think that Philly got exposed just a little bit, not being able to stop the run, and then all of a sudden, the new look Indianapolis Colts with their new head coach and Jeff Saturday come roaring into town with an elite running back, and now they do sign Sue. They pick up uh, Lindell Joseph as well to try to plug up that uh, that uh, front uh, front seven as they wait for the first-round pick from Georgia to get back. I like Philly in this game. I think it's closer and lower scoring early. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are able to make the plays though down the stretch to pull away. I'll take the Eagles, and I do think they end up covering the 6.5. The Jets are at the Patriots. All of a sudden, this is a massive, massive game, right? 6-3 and three Jets, 5-4 and four Patriots. Uh, if the Patriots want to sneak into the playoffs, this is a must-win for them. Uh, for the Jets, they have a little bit of a cushion here. Uh, but for the Jets, mentally, it's a huge game. They haven't beaten the Patriots since 2016. Think about that. 2016. In the election cycle. They haven't beaten the Patriots since Donald Trump was running for president. <laughs> It's been a rough stretch for the Jets against the Patriots. Uh, I think that stretch continues today. I like the pay. I like the Pats. Um, what I'm looking for this game, obviously, is Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. One of them has got to step up and win the game for their team. I think Mac Jones is more capable of doing that right now. And I do think that even though the Jets' defense is very good. Um, I think the Patriots defense and Matthew Judon is going to be able to get after Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, the Elijah Vera Tucker injury for the offensive line for the Jets is huge. I like the Pats at home, and I think they cover the three and a half. The Rams at New Orleans. New Orleans favored by three at home. This is my upset of the week. Yes, I'm taking the Rams, the beat up pathetic down and out Rams to get a win to put a little of their season on life support. No Cooper cup. I think that might actually be a good thing. Matthew Stafford looks like he's going to play. I think without Cooper cup, this Rams offense will look the way maybe it should look under Sean McVay. They're not forcing the ball to Cooper cup. They actually just have to run the plays that they are that are designed, which the Rams offense is clever and good at running the football. Can they get back to that against the New Orleans Saints defense at home that's got some teeth? I think it's very low scoring. I think the Rams defense comes to play against Andy Dalton, and they're able to pick off Andy Dalton, get after him. I think it's low, 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 low scoring. 17-14 Rams upset win in New Orleans. It is my upset of the week. I love the Rams. Not just to cover the three. I like them to win this game. I'm the one person who might be dumb enough to think that the Cooper Cup injury might actually be a good thing for this Rams offense. you got to find other ways to win. And uh, I think when push comes to shove with this Rams team, they have a lot of guys. Uh, The season's not over, over yet for them. Still with a little bit of wiggle room, you know, with the six losses, they haven't got to that dreaded seven loss mark yet. 
And so I think uh, I think it's uh, it's now or never, put up or shut up. I think the Rams this week show a little life to keep uh, the, the possible playoff hopes alive. Uh, the Lions minus three at, I'm sorry, plus three at the at the uh, New York football Giants. The Giants at home favored by three. Uh, this is an interesting game. I think that the Lions are really coming into their own. A nice win over my Bears last week. I like the Lions in upset fashion against the Giants. This Giants team has been a really fun story. Really unique story. But Justin Fields just ran all over the Lions, and they still found a way to score enough points to make the stops when they needed to to beat the Bears. I think the Bears running offense at Justin Fields obviously more dangerous than the mobile, uh, you know, uh, uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. And so I, I like the Lions. I think they uh, pull an upset win on the road. I think they got good juju jo- going. Dan Campbell got his first ever road win. I like the vibes out of Detroit. I think Jared Goff playing well. It's a good matchup for him against this young Giants defense. Uh, I think that if as long as the Lions offensive line holds up, Swift back, Williams run the ball. It's going to be a short game. They both want to establish the run. But I think the Lions are more capable of passing the ball. Jared Goff more capable of making the plays. St. Brown, when needs to happen. I'll take the Lions 20-17 to 17 over the New York football Giants. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Broadcasting live from our KHMO studios here in Quincy. Going through the Week 11 slate, we move on to an easy game. Let's not spend too much time on it. The Panthers at the Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 13. Yeah, I take the Ravens, and I think they win by uh, probably 13. Yeah, I, I mean, Baker Mayfield back at the start. There's no continuity for Carolina right now. They're a mess. Uh, nothing that I trust in them except for maybe that they can get up and get a little frisky. But this Ravens team, I think, sees the writing on the wall. Uh, they know that the AFC right now, the only way to secure yourself a playoff spot is to win your division. They want to keep that separation from Cincy. I think they uh, uh, take care of the Panthers. Maybe it's close early. The Panthers come out with a fight. You know, maybe it's 7-7 seven, seven at the end of the first. Watch Lamar Jackson, the Ravens offense, pull away from the Panthers uh, and blow out the Panthers at home. Commanders at Texans, uh, Washington favored by three on the road. This is an upset alert spot for Houston. I would take Houston and the first half under. I think Houston keeps it really close early. Commanders coming off that emotional giant Monday night football, uh, beating your division rival, ending the regular season, you know, undefeated streak win. A little bit of a letdown spot, but watch for Taylor Heineke and the magic of this kind of Fitzmagic 2.0, Heineke Magic, uh, him and Scary Terry really developing a good relationship, playing well over the last couple weeks. The, the Commanders will find a way late to win this game with Taylor Heineke. I like Washington. Do they cover the three? I don't know, but I like Washington to win the game. Uh, the Raiders at the Broncos. This is my toss-up of the week. I have no idea. No idea. Both these teams have wildly underperformed, disappointed, and been uh, disasters this year. I mean, absolute disasters. Uh, the Raiders look like garbage. You got your quarterback crying in post game press conferences. It's, I, it's just ugly right now. 
Uh, they're letting go of everyone. And then you, you're coming against a Denver team that I saw the set. If they could just average 18 points a game, they'd be like a one-loss team. Their defense is playing well, but their offense stinks so bad. You're having stories coming out that Russell Wilson, in order for teammates to talk with him, you have to schedule an appointment. You got stories coming out that uh, he's calling audibles from Seattle. It's ugly, ugly, ugly in Denver, ugly in in in, in uh, Vegas. Games in Denver, Denver favored by two and a half. I'll take the Raiders in an upset. I will. I'll take the Raiders. I have, I have zero faith in the Denver Broncos. I have at least 1% faith in Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I'll take the Raiders. I think they could score 20 points, maybe. I don't think the Broncos could score 20 points. I, I just don't. I, this is It's my toss-up. I'm not betting it, but I'm, I'm very intrigued to watch these two bad teams because I just have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys minus one and a half favored in Minnesota. This is the weirdest line of the weekend. What is Las Vegas trying to tell us? Well, if this game was on a neutral field, Vegas thinks that the Cowboys could be a four and a half point favorite against the better record, supposedly Super Bowl now dark horse darlings, the Minnesota Vikings. A, a a Dallas team that offensively looks a little disjointed at times and blew a huge lead to a bad Packers team. So what? I, it's just interesting. Maybe there's something that Vegas knows that we don't. I think part of that is it's not a noon start. You have a Minnesota um, at a three twenty-five. Maybe that's it. It's just Kirk Cousins not at noon. I'll trust Vegas. I'll take the Cowboys. I think I, I think uh, I think they can run the ball. Look for Tony Pollard to have himself a, n- a nice day. Um, the Vikings can score with anyone, but I think the Vikings coming off that emotional wild win against uh, Buffalo or it kind of set up for a letdown spot here. Um, again, my faith in the Vikings is the way I feel about the Titans. A really good regular season team. The only thing that I worry about with this Vikings team and how hard I've been anti them, I do not think the Vikings can win a Super Bowl. I just don't because of Kirk Cousins, and you just haven't seen it. They have not, historically as a franchise, crumbled in big moments in the playoffs, and they have a quarterback who shrinks when the lights are brightest, and the playoffs are all about bright lights, right? Um, My thought with the Vikings is the only thing that scares me they do have so many weapons, and Justin Jefferson is so good that, and they're going to be playing at home. That, yeah, I mean, I could see them stringing together a couple games all of a sudden they're in the NFC Championship game. It, it, it's uh, it's very plausible, but I think the I think the Vikings we see a little bit more of the true colors. I think Dallas comes out and uh, gets an upset win. They know they got to keep up with pace in their own division as well. A little more desperate team. And uh, I like the Cowboys to upset Minnesota, take care of the Vikings in Minnesota. Bengals minus four at Pittsburgh. Here's my lock of the week. Um, dropping my pen here. Uh, I like uh, I like uh, the, uh, I like the uh, the Bengals minus four. I I, I think that uh, listen, nice win for Pittsburgh last week, but Kenny Pickett right now, in order for him to score enough points to beat the. Uh, the Bengals, 
I don't think it's happening. So I don't think he can get within four. I think the I think this is an easy one. I think it's low scoring. I think Joe Burrow makes the plays he needs to make. The Bengals defense is tougher than you think. I think they'll be able to get at Kenny Pickett a little bit. It only need four points. I, twenty to twenty thirteen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an easy win like that. Twenty one thirteen, twenty one seventeen. You know, it's a push. But I, I like the I like the Bengals minus four uh, on the road against the Steelers. Better team, more desperate team. I think the Bengals kind of, uh, you know, quietly under the radar, getting their season righted and look out for the Bengals making a playoff push. Uh, Kansas City minus five at the Chargers Sunday night football, the flex. I love Kansas City. I love them minus five. I think that uh, the Chargers is disjointed. I think the Chargers uh, are missing too many pieces right now. And I think that Kansas City is not only getting healthy at the right time, adding Kadarius Toney, I think they're finding uh, themselves feeling like, oh, we can do a little bit more of what we like to do. All of a sudden, these 10-play scoring drives can happen much quicker. I like the Chiefs minus five against the Chargers in Sunday night football. San Francisco minus six at Arizona. Love the Niners. Love the Niners, and I'll take a minus six. I, I have no faith in Arizona right now. They are absolutely rudderless. Uh, primetime Kyler Murray, he stinks at home. And uh, the Niners right now are a little bit more of uh, the urgency. They feel the urgency. Keeping pace with Seattle, uh, putting all these pieces together. Uh, Jimmy G with a with a gutsy win last Sunday night. I think in primetime he's going to want to play better. A little extra rest, Monday night football. I'll take the nine, Niners. 27-17 win over the Cardinals. So there you go. Lock of the week, Cincy minus four, upset Rams plus three at New Orleans. Toss up, what the heck is going to happen with the Raiders and the Broncos? You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Broadcasting live from our KHMO studios here in Quincy. When we come back, we'll talk a little college footy footy football and then uh, wrap up the show uh, too with some uh, M- NBA talk. On the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Take us anywhere, hometown news talk, 1070 KHMO, and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Hi, I'm EB, and welcome to Heartbeat. Isaiah chapter 40 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Someone once said, Hope is a powerful thing. It inspires us to do the impossible and helps us to carry on during difficult times. For most people, hope is a cross my finger kind of thing shot through with guesswork. But for the believer, hope is divinely assured things that aren't here yet. Friends, if you're building your life on anything other than Christ, you'll sink. God's plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. He wants to give you a hope and a future. And when our hope is in the Lord, we will be renewed in our strength. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. 
Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle of the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet, that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Dell's Black Theology Forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. A blend of clouds and sun today with daytime highs approaching 33. Winds out of the northwest 15 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, lows around 17. Bright sunshine tomorrow. High temperatures reach up to 41. Right now, 28. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from in their network of dealers. So you got to go online to shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com. Then you can filter through the Quincy locations, the Honda Hyundai, all their new, all their used inventory, or you can see what's available at any of the Cunis dealers across the Midwest. That's what I did. Found my truck at one of their other locations, called the guys at Cunis Honda Hyundai. They brought it down for me the next day, was test driving it, drove off the lot. Really, really unique buying experience, shopcunis.com. Tell them Mark sent you when you get into the dealership. Broadcasting live from Marcation Mo Studios here in Quincy. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Follow the show on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. Uh, let's jump into it. A college football weekend. Let me just start by saying this. I personally think the four best teams in college football and the four teams that I would like to see in the playoffs are Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Tennessee. I think those are the four best teams. Those are the four teams I would like to see in the playoff. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, Michigan 4. You get Michigan-Georgia, Tennessee-Ohio State, and you have a chance for a Big Ten versus a Big Ten, an SEC versus an SEC, or hopefully what you get is Ohio State wins, Georgia wins, and you get... A great color matchup, two iconic schools from the two best conferences in college football, Big Ten and SEC, right? That would be the dream scenario. TCU, though, is going to make the college football playoff if they win out. TCU is in. They're in. Uh, they have a big game against Baylor today. Uh, that uh, it looking For them at this point in time, it's about getting the W, first and foremost, and then the style points. Can you make sure you win on the road against a rival and you, can you win by double digits? That would help with the style points. That would make the committee feel more comfortable in putting you in and putting TCU in the college football playoff. Um, Illinois at Michigan. Illinois was just ranked the past couple of weeks. They've fallen out of the rankings, uh, but still a really good Illinois team, a seven-win team at number three, Michigan. Again, for Michigan, it's about getting the W first and foremost, but can you stack on the style points? Can you take care of an Illinois team and beat them by 20-plus points at home 
a team that had been ranked and is a seven-win team, that will help your case if, in case you then do lose to Ohio State, and be like, well, listen, we're a really good team here. And we'll also, so, you know, you got to build that resume. Um, number one, Georgia at Kentucky. Again, Georgia just can't have a slip-up. Uh, I mean, if Georgia lost to Kentucky, Georgia could still get in because they have a chance to win the SEC title. Tennessee does not. Um, but again, you don't want the slip up against Kentucky. Get in there, get the W against a formerly ranked team, a good Kentucky football team. Uh, get some, you know, get some style points. Help yourself out. Number two, Ohio State at Maryland. Same thing as the Michigan game. It's a decent Maryland team, a six-win team. You're on the road. Can you go in there and win by twenty-plus points? Add the style points. Get the W. Save yourself the embarrassment and the worry about then uh, becoming a one-loss team, having to try to figure it on out. All these teams control their own destiny. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State all control their own destiny. If you win out, you're in. You're good. And that's a good place to feel. It's a good place to feel. Um, For Tennessee, you're at South Carolina. Again, for Tennessee right now, it's all about impressive wins. Get the W, and then can it be a really impressive win? South Carolina can do uh, the Big Ten a favor by upsetting Tennessee. That's for sure. And then finally, the biggest game of the night, number seven, nine and one USC at number 16, eight and two UCLA. If USC beats UCLA in convincing fashion, that is huge for USC and their college football playoff hopes. It's it's a long shot, but they got a chance. Um, they don't control their own destiny, that's for sure. But again, Ohio State and Michigan. The one of them is going to have a one loss. Can TCU and Georgia make it through their conferences and conference championship games undefeated? LSU has a chance as a two-loss team. If they win the SEC, they absolutely should be in. If they beat Georgia in the SEC title game and undefeated Georgia, they absolutely should be in. Georgia would then probably still be in. Uh, the winner of the Big Ten and then TCU. That's I mean, that's looking likely what the top four will be. Uh, but again, I want it on the record. I think the best four teams and what I would love to see in the playoff, and I don't think it's going to happen, is Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, Michigan 4. And that, now, in that prediction, I'm giving Ohio State the win over Michigan. Uh, you know, Flip-flop them either way. All right, uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little NBA to wrap up the show. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070, KHMO and the KHMO app. First, we decide energy forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. A blend of clouds and sun today with daytime highs approaching 33. Winds out of the northwest 15 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, lows around 17. Bright sunshine tomorrow. High temperatures reach up to 41. Right now, 28. Free Talk Live. No, don't you? So, so these, about these creatures. About parasites, viruses, the AIDS virus, does it have a soul? God, you guys are sick. It will not be broken down. <laughs> no grinding. <laughs> Did they get the doubloons? <laughs> what I want. Avast. Ninjas mounted at 10-foot intervals along this wall. The border ninjas. <laughs> Weekend overnights on KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. We well, are hometown news talk. 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. If you're listening in your car, on your radio, or on the free KHMO app, download the free KHMO app, and you want more from me and the show and get involved, as I said, Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Hespin, or 
Follow the show on Facebook. Just search On The Mark KHMO, all one word, On The Mark KHMO on Facebook. And you can follow along with the Facebook Live. Like we have uh, people follow along on Facebook Live, get in touch with me, comment away. Also, it's a great way to see the stuff I post throughout the week, kind of my thoughts and what's going on in the uh, in the sports world. Uh, finally, just want to wrap up with a couple quick NBA things. Listen, my Bulls stink right now. Uh, they absolutely devastating four lose game losing streak. They're six and ten. A bad loss to Orlando last night. Now there's Zach Levine controversy. He got benched. He was one of fourteen. Now he was minus nineteen on the floor. Uh, is plus minus. He uh, was out for a stretch late in the fourth where the Bulls actually took a 16-point deficit, cut it to four, put him back in, and they fell, it started falling apart. They benched Zach Levine. The Bulls came right back, had the lead, and then lost it on a late three. Um, Zach Levine came out and said, I'm not the play, playing players like me. Don't You know, you play players like me down the stretch. I'm just be honest with Zach Levine. If you're playing well, you do not have to worry about minutes and playing. You were garbage last night. I mean, just trash. And this is about ending a losing streak. It's not about individuals. You, I hate hearing that from Zach Levine. Zach Levine should have had the awareness. Someone should have gotten his ear and said, you're the leader of this team. Send a good message. Hey, I was playing like like poop. I trust Billy. I, you know, other guys go in there, make a play. They got us back in the game. I'm doing whatever I can for my team at that point in time, but I'm playing like poop. I got to play better. And when I play really well, then I know I'm I'm going to be in those lineups and, and never have to worry about my minutes. He was garbage last night. He paid him big money. The knee is, you got a baby, the, this knee that he's been dealing with for years. Um, it's tough right now in Bulls Nation. They're not playing well. They're not fun to watch. They really need Lonzo back. Uh, but it doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. They need a floor general. They need someone to gel it all together. Uh, and that's Lonzo, and that's what this team was built around, and they just they don't have him. And it, it, they're they're brutal to watch right now. Uh, the Celtics, meanwhile, nine-game win streak. They are on fire, best record in the NBA. And they're doing it, we thought, with would have been Malcolm Brogdon. You know, great signing for them. But Derek White has really stepped up for them in the point guard position. Big, He was big last night. Celtics looking for real Tatum and Brown. Uh, this is, you know, the defending Eastern Conference champions playing really well in the regular season. You love to see that, that they're, they, they, they're treating every game uh, really importantly. Um, finally, the World Cup kicks off this weekend. I, I got to be honest. I want to watch the Americans play. But I'm so out on FIFA, and this is a disaster. Now there's no beer being served in the stadiums. You're seeing some of the the, the, the hotels they've put up. It's embarrassing. It, it really is embarrassing that FIFA basically took this bribe. They let the Saudi princes get what they wanted, um, and, and it's uh, really, really, really embarrassing. And I'm going to watch some of these games just to see how to, kind of a disaster it is. One of the stadiums is built out of basically like shipping containers. I mean, this thing could get ugly quick to watch. And not the play on the field. I, I I just mean the fans, the stands, the whole, you know, you got millions of people coming on in for this event, and they're not prepared to handle it. And this is embarrassing. It really is. You, you I'm sorry. I, it, it's, it's not the truth. 
may hurt your feelings, but it's still the truth. Third world countries like Qatar are not capable of handling the infrastructure of a world event like this. They're just not. Even first world countries like Russia and China have struggled to put together the Olympics. You hear now, you know, that there's over a thousand workers died in the making of this stuff. I mean, it's just the human rights violations. Ugly, ugly scene is the World kicks off, the World Cup kicks off. Well, it should be a celebration and just being able to watch the best of the best play. FIFA needs to get their act together. The Olympics, the same type of thing. These big world events need to be held in just a certain amount of countries, and that's it. On the mark, enjoy your weekend. See you next week. With love, I-